0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of I Don't Know What to Say. Hey. It just keeps getting better and better. Hey. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. It just All right, we just is what it out. Is. Yes. But, you know, We're I've having a listen- good time. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff lately, and right. everybody struggles with the intro. Like, there's very little. Because you like- want
1: to be cool, but then the moment you start thinking
0: about being cool, it's like, and yeah. that just got. Really dorky, right? So exactly. Anyway. So, own, welcome everybody. Own your cheesiness yeah. is what I say. Just own it and and move on. Uh, we are in the midst of our weekly sermon series called "Look Again: Finding Jesus in the Old Testament," and this week is actually the last week of this sermon series. When we uh, get back together for next week's episode, we're going to have a little bit of a transition Mm -hmm. uh, focus, and then we get into the summer of Galatians. So we're looking forward to those conversations. We can really dive into a book and to Paul's writings. That'll be fun. Uh, But for now, we've got Look Again. um, And this week, uh, we're looking... uh, Nestor Bruno is talking. I can't wait. First of all...
1: He just walks into the room and I just... I I'm, I'm just feel like a happier person. Yeah, I,
0: it, I just want to so hear good. him talk. And I know even talking about him right now, <laughs> yeah, wherever like, he oh, is, his, his face is getting all you know red and yeah, embarrassed and whatever. But I have, a, I have a voicemail or a, a voice text on my phone right now from Nestor that I got today that I'm going to wait and listen to tonight. When I have a chance just to really just to bask in the just glory. Really, Hello, body, this is Nestor. You know, it's just, it's That's really good. Great. That's but pretty good. Nestor has uh, his own testimony that he's going to be bringing uh, to us to wrap up this sermon series. And it's a testimony of really trying to find Jesus, exactly what our sermon series is, finding Jesus in the Old Testament, realizing there's not a difference in the God in the New Testament than the Old Testament, just trying to reconcile all that stuff. So I'm excited to hear his message this week. And I asked mm-hmm. him, uh, you know, Tim, Typically, we're talking about different passages in scripture, and we're looking into that. Um, And I said, so is there a passage that we can look at? And he said, actually, there's more of a concept. So he wanted us to spend some time this week talking about this idea of present truth. Um, And so we're going to do that. Jason, what is present truth? Yeah, so
1: for me, this is... One of my favorite elements of the Seventh Adventist faith community, right? Like, as as a faith tribe, we have several different teachings, and and uh, but this particular element I love because it, it's so like not arrogant, right? When it's really arrogant when someone says, "Okay, well, we have we understand everything we need to know about God and and what it means to walk with God and have a relationship with God and how to lead others and blah blah blah," but that just doesn't connect with the human experience i feel like right i mean we met three years ago i knew who you were before but the human experience is the more you spend time with someone the more you get to know someone right the relationship grows and and your understanding changes and it's just very fluid and so um so the idea of present truth essentially is saying that the scriptures are living and active, and they can, and the Spirit continues to speak to us through them, and we continue to grow in our knowledge and our experience of truth. So yeah. it's not like you know we have we understand everything, right? We have doctrines, we have teachings, which are which are good, but they're fluid, right? We should they change? We should Ellen White, one of the. Uh, First organizers of this Seventh Avenue faith community, this this movement, says that we should expect change because that's just how life is. The more you spend with something, the more you know someone, the more your your knowledge and your understanding of that moves forward and progresses. And it's not like that truth ever changes, right? Truth never changes. It's just our understanding of
0: that truth. Right, right, which yeah. is which is fluid, right? Yeah. Not fluid in the sense of relativistic, uh, right. that changes based on your feeling or changes based on a moment, but it's just our, like you said, I, I think it's a good way to say it, our understanding of what truth is. You know, even in the preamble to the doctrines of the Seventh-day Adventist Church mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. says, look, this is what we know for now, right. right? This is what we understand for now. If you think about it, uh, way back when, everybody used to think the world was flat or the world was the center of the universe and everything else revolved around that. So they had to understand things. In fact, I think within the Adventist faith tribe, anyway, one of the reasons why present truth is such an important piece Mm. and is really there is because our early founders They were not vegetarian. They were not (laughs) trinitarian. Right, that's exactly what I was going to say. They they were not sabbatarian. Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. There was all this stuff, and they learned it over time uh, in their uh, relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Scriptures, and they were. Understanding more and more, and right. so I think what they were saying is, I don't think this process ever stops.
1: Right, right. And I, I probably should have asked Randy Roberts for his permission, but I heard one time Randy Roberts give a phenomenal illustration about truth, and he uses it, or he he likens it to football, which you know I know you're a Bengal fan, so
0: I don't like football.
1: Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Um, right. But although
0: now I may like football. That's <laughs> true. I may. It, it's I heard, possible. Yeah, we got somebody. So, so anyway, it's good, yeah, you you know. so we'll see keep what happens. going. Yeah, Illustration. Yeah.
1: But um, basically, so Randy Pastor Randy Roberts um, out at the Loma Linda University Church, she says that uh, if truth was like a football game, right? And if truth is like the football, um, you know, there's the kickoff and then you you receive it at like the five, right? And then, you know, you're down. Um, and then you have like the First Testament. And you have Torah and Moses and, and uh, where it's truth right it it's it's good um but that's like it's like a running play where you move forward you know 5 yards okay you get a first down you move forward another 5 yards okay that that's now we have the 10 commandments okay and we move forward but it's kind of slow and then he says then Jesus shows up and it's like a uh, Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers I hate the fact that I just referred to two packers yeah. the, but they are bear J- killers Joe
0: Burrow's Right. You could say Joe Burroughs. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm so just helping he just, your like, illustration.
1: Chuck this, the, the truth ball, right, down. And then like Randy Moss or someone like catches it. Wow, I'm really dating myself with all these old... Anyway, but it, then it's caught at, you know, in the red zone. And so the idea is it's not that Jesus changed truth. It just really moved the ball forward mm-hmm. a lot. And now we continue to unpack the scriptures. We continue to understand who this God is. And God, right, I, I pray this all the time with the students every time we have Bible study is... May the same spirit who inspired Luke or inspired Mark or inspired Moses to write this stuff down inspires us as we read those exact words. And yeah. so, I anyway, and so we're, we're now we're in the red zone, right? And we're continuing to move forward um, with truth. And so, I think that's actually really exciting.
0: Yeah. And I, and, and I think maybe what we've gotten wrong sometimes is thinking that at some point, at some point, we get to the end zone to use yeah, that right. analogy, right? And then we're done. And learning. then we think, bam. We we know got all. all yeah, we got all the answers. We know everything. And in fact, I've said this many times before that there are some people, at least within the Adventist faith tribe, but certainly just folks that I know in general, that I would love to hear them respond to a question with the words I don't know. Right. Right. Oh, so because true. they they seem to know everything. And there's such a I, I don't know that they all mean this, but there's such an arrogance that comes across mm-hmm. with that. I don't know about you, but like my college experience, when I graduated high school, I felt like I knew everything. Right? Yeah. I actually think that's the most intelligent you ever feel.
1: You ever in feel, life, is right? Is the Out of day high you graduate yeah. high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: But then I went to college and I'm like, man, there's a lot of stuff I don't know. And then from college, you just kind of continue to focus. You know, like I've got a friend that teaches down at Southern. Um, and she would say that she's a historian. She has a doctorate, right, in, in history. But she really is um, more of an 1840 historian than an 1841 historian. You know, and you're like, oh my word, because, that's, yeah. that's so specific. Because it's like the more you learn and understand
1: something, the more you realize how much you don't know.
0: Yeah, which I actually think when I when I go to the Old Testament for that, I yeah. think that that's where I'm always drawn to the story of Job, right? Oh, dude. Yeah. Because there is this sense with his friends and with everything that's going on. It's like, look, we know what's going on, all right? We, we know the story. We know what's happening. And then how does God respond to all that? How does he put them in their place? This guy... Like, all these questions, were you there when I created the foundation yeah. of the world?
1: Well, in fact, at the end of Job, God actually tells his friend, uh, Eliphaz, I believe it is, if I remember correctly, um, how angry he is, yeah. like how angry God is at him and the friends for misrepresenting him. Yeah, um, yeah and to your, your other point about, you know, well, we understand truth, we have, we have all knowledge or whatever. It, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like that would only draw lines mm-hmm. and— yeah cause division versus if we under have this more open-ended understanding of truth and we're continuing to understand truth and grow in truth, then it's more inclusive. Right,
0: right. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was, I was talking with uh, some of my friends this weekend, and I had a premarital session with a young adult couple, and we were talking about communication. One of the things that came up in both of those is this concept of, in communication, to get to a high level of congruency where you're understanding each other, and, and that is you can use this tool. It's just two words, and those two words are say more, right? Like you're, t- you're communicating something to me. I should probably write this down. This and, sounds really good. Okay. And I <laughs> say, yeah. And uh, it's like, I, I'm, I think I'm getting it, but I'm not so sure. Could you say more? Mm. And that gives the other person a chance to continue to unpack what they're saying and, and uh, help you not make assumptions, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's what my relationship with Scripture and Jesus and God is. It's like, okay, God, I, I think I get this, but say more. Right and recognizing that I'm never going to like know everything. I'm always going to be on this journey of saying to God, say more, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think Paul has all these prayers in the new Testament where it's like, he prays for us to have wisdom and a spirit of revelation that we may know God better. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and because that's a continual process of understanding, Mm -hmm. right. And, and we just never arrive. And I think that keeps us humble. It keeps us searching. It keeps us in connection with the scriptures. Well, I
1: also think, um, so I'm going to refer to kind of what you're talking about um, in Luke 24 when it's talking about um, after Jesus dies and they are the people on their way home to Emmaus, right? So it's known as the story of the road to Emmaus and... um, and here you have these people who are deeply distressed because Jesus just died and, and everything that they thought was going to happen didn't end up happening the way it happens in life. But so they're just totally distraught. And as they're on their way home, Jesus shows up and basically starts unpacking. The Bible says in um, chapter 24, uh, starting in verse 27, it says, Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Um, and so it's like, well, okay, they thought they knew who he was, but then Jesus shows up, starts unpacking the scriptures with a, like this fresh perspective, a, a different context about how they're actually all talking about himself, and then later on they after Jesus is you know is revealed and and then he disappears, and then they're they're reflecting on it, and they're like, "Did not our hearts burn within us? So it's like this element of no, of course. It keeps the passion alive, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, And and I mean, there, there's all sorts of places in the gospels, right? Where you get this side commentary when it's yeah. like, they didn't understand this at the time, <laughs> right. Right? right? They had no idea what Jesus was saying when he said it. Right. But it was later that they're like, oh, now I get it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that that's the spiritual life. We, we oh. think we know. And then God comes up and says, no, you don't. Right. right. And and that is this this concept of uh presentation. Which again, truth, I think it's right? just
1: also the human experience. That's how it is with our spouses, with our children, but you know, our friends, our colleagues, you know, whatever. You, you think you know them, right? But then the more time you spend, the more experience you have, right? Yeah. You have that experiential knowledge. Um, yeah, it just tends to strengthen and grow the relationship. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's funny because I also tell couples, like, you, you can be married for 15, 20, 30 years, and then wake up one day and your spouse says something, and you're like, uh, Have you always done that? (laughs) (laughs) Or is that always a thing for you? No, I've always felt this or or whatever. You know, you're always learning, which which is the excitement of eternity, actually, I think, is that we continue to get to learn and grow. So just under the idea of continual learning, I think speaking to this present truth idea is also what Jesus said Um, about the work of the Holy Spirit, Uh, you know, in in John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. These are kind of Jesus's last words uh, before his crucifixion, right? And if you know your end is coming— then you know that these words, what you're going to share, this is important. Oh yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, his disciples, even at one point say, now you're speaking straight to us. Right. And that's because his, his time is coming. And he has these things that he says about the work of the spirit. And there's several things that we could look at, but John 16 is one of, of these places where it talks about, the work of the spirit. And Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So it's good that Jesus went away so that the spirit could come to us. And then he goes on and says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now, which is A beautiful verse, right? I feel like he says that to me a lot. Oh, my word. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I have so much I could tell you, but you're not ready for this yet. Yeah. You know, he says, but when the spirit comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak what he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Um, and as it talks in here about the Spirit teaching us, in the Greek, it's actually, it's an imperfect verb, mm. which means that this is a continual process. Right. We don't get to the place where it's all of a sudden like, oh, I got it. We have it. Right. I got it all figured out. Thanks, Spirit. We're going to move on now, which is actually... You know, within our faith tribe, I get nervous when we start mm-hmm. drilling down on things mm-hmm. so much that we say, there's no other possibility here. There's no room for error. This is exactly how it is because then we're saying to the spirit, look, thank you, but I got this. Right. 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 Um, so I just think we have to be careful about that. But I think that that, that idea, and obviously we know Jesus is described, the way, the truth, truth and the, the life. life. Yeah. And, and I've always loved that interaction with Pilate, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and where Pilate actually, like he says... What is truth? And the irony of it is, truth is right, right for him. him. Yeah, and and he doesn't he doesn't get it. But he's seeking. Right. He he. I think that's a genuine question. Right. It's like, oh my, my life is so full of all these things that don't really matter and that don't really amount to anything. So it seems like truth is is what's most important, but but how do I find that? Which
1: also just speaks to the point that truth is there. Truth never never changes. Um, It's just our perspective, right? Our position connected to that truth. Uh, So yeah, no, it's good. It's really
0: good. So it's interesting to think about, uh, you know, again, I'm anxious to hear what Nestor has to say about the Old Testament and his search to find Jesus in that, you know, Um, because one of the things that I thought about, uh, in, in this process, uh, Nestor even told me a line, which I don't know if he's going to use this in his sermon or if when he was unpacking it, he just said, You know, as far as the Old Testament finding Jesus, I actually had to find the devil before I could find Jesus. Now, I don't know what that means to him. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to hear. Yeah. Hopefully he Unpacked dives that. into yeah, that yeah. a little bit.
1: Uh, but yeah, but it is true yeah. that the devil. Doesn't really seem to show he's up a not lot big in character. the First Testament. Yeah, right. he's not a big character in the Old Testament. He, there's a smattering of him you know, here and there. Um, in Job, yeah. Genesis, there's some references. Um, but yeah, there there isn't a lot. So a lot of times they just... You know, chalk everything up to God, right, and well, God must be behind this, right and in the book of Job, we actually see well no there's there's there 's a different narrative right yeah. there 's your
0: perspective there 's your narrative, but then there 's always something else happening, right, always something bigger happening and yeah. i th- I think that's what present truth does is yeah. like like here 's what i 'm reading, but there must be something bigger yeah. going on here, and in fact, all those places in the Old Testament where we 're like, how could God do this? Mm-hmm. maybe there's something bigger going on that we we 're not seeing because if it 's the same God who also allowed himself to be killed on a cross, Mm -hmm. then something, Mm -hmm. there must be something bigger. And and that's actually one of the things in the Old Testament, right? Is that um, their worldview was such that, well, God is ultimately in control. So if something was allowed, if something happened, God allowed it, Mm -hmm. right? But so their view was to credit everything to God Mm -hmm. instead of recognizing the devil in the moment, mm-hmm. right? And and so I think all throughout the scripture the devil is active and at work, but he just doesn't get the credit right. in the first testament. And then he starts kind of being unmasked a little right. bit more in the New Testament, which is actually kind of genius and works out well for him, right? Yeah. He can just frame God for all of
1: these things. And right. now you have generations upon generations and tribes of tribes of people who just think
0: God is a certain way. Yeah. Um, so which yeah. is which is the the, the first accusation, right? right the devil says that God is not good, he's not loving, he's not who you think he is, mm-hmm. and then he gets to play on that, mm-hmm. right, and even to this present day, so many people struggle with this idea of the scary God of the Old Testament but this loving God of the New Testament, and I can't put these two together, well, maybe we just don't realize that he's really loving, Mm -hmm. and he's really good all throughout. And the negative is the stones the devil keeps throwing Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. to try to distract us from who God really is. Mm -hmm. And that's why Jesus comes along and he is said, and the Christian faith believes this, that he is the clearest representation that we have of God. Mm -hmm. That that's as clear as it gets, is to look at the life and teachings, death and resurrection of Jesus, and we see God. That's why, um, you know, I and the father are one, mm-hmm. you know, um, Jesus says. And so we look to Jesus and we realize we, we can apply the cross and we can apply Jesus all throughout scriptures and recognize that we're going to continue to learn all along the way mm-hmm. that we'll never have it all figured out. And that's present yeah, so, truth.
1: So good. Right? Yeah, it's
0: good. I'm, I'm excited to hear what Nestor has to say about this. Yep, I am too. And and we'll look forward to hearing that on Sabbath, and that'll end our Look Again series. Um and so kind of sad,
1: uh, but that's okay. I'm super pumped about you know, to take a week to transition. Yep. Oh, I'll see what I did there. Yeah, I see what yes, you did there. Yeah. I see what you did there. To pivot toward transition. To pivot. Yes. pivot, to pivot towards... <laughs> that's a really hilarious reference. And yeah. if you get it... You're you, pretty old. You get it. Yeah.
0: And if you don't, you're probably better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't, really don't
1: good. look it up. Yeah. But yeah. And then we'll look forward to the Galatian series. Yeah. So cool. So
0: uh, Jason, would you have a word of prayer for us uh, as we close out the series?
1: God, thank you so much for just the space that we have just to unpack the scriptures, talk a little bit, and just have an honest conversation about how you speak to us. Because you didn't just create once and step back. You continue to create um, thoughts and ideas and understandings for all of us. So we thank you for truth. We thank you for how you communicate truth to individuals and to entire communities. And I just pray that every single one of us, we're all on our own walks with you, our own journeys uh, with you. And so just may you show up in a mighty way uh, in all of our lives um, as we grow and experience more of you. So thank you, God, for all that you do for us. Things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again for joining us this week for this episode of Kettering Connect, and join us for Sabbath and Nestor's sermon as we close out this series. And the next week we'll be back with a new topic. Thanks so much for listening in. It's. Can you hear it? Not
1: real loud, but it's. It's noticeable. It's noticeable. It'll be hard to get rid of. Like my lip smacking.